Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Greetings, and welcome back to our BizTech Podcast series, as always brought to you by your CompTIA Business of Technology communities worldwide. My name is Gary Bixler, and I'm excited to be your host today, where each week, uh, we will be bringing you a new podcast around interesting topics related to the business of tech. Uh, each of these podcasts will be brought to you by one of our unique CompTIA member communities from around the world. If you want to be involved but are not already an official member of one of those communities, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can find and join your community on our website, always at CompTIA.org. Today's podcast is titled Blind Spots and is brought to you by our Canadian business tech community. That community very ably managed from Toronto, Canada by Adam Prue. Welcome, Adam. Hello, Gary. Thanks for having me again. Happy to have you back. Awesome. So um, last time you were here, we, we talked a little bit about and, and lamented uh, the fact that we were starved for sports and, and yes. quite a bit has changed since then. How are you feeling about the return of sports or the prospect of it at least this summer? I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, well, you know what? There's a bit of a, I guess, a love-hate happening right now. Um, love it that it's going to be back, but it seems that, and we'll just stick to the NBA for a second, their Orlando League, um, I think players are already testing positive for COVID, which I don't love. And a lot of, a lot of the players are saying, I'm not going to participate for the rest of the year, no matter what. You know, I got to look out for my family, family first kind of thing. So right. I'm loving it. I hope it happens, but not at the expense of, of players getting sick. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, I guess we'll, we'll remains to be seen. Yeah, that Disney, the Disney experiment with the NBA, I mean, you could almost call that the Mickey Mouse League, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, well said. But I'll take it. I'm not complaining. You know, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And fortunately, the, uh, the knuckleheads around, you know, Major League Baseball seem to have gotten something figured out last minute. So hopefully that happens. I think the concern for me, you know, sitting here in Austin, Texas, and what, you know, today is kind of an emerging hotspot. And a lot of things are kind of kind of going back the other direction. While it looked mm -hmm. really, really good a month ago, now we're shutting things down again and uh, things are getting ugly. So it's, it's got me concerned that, um, especially at the college level, that we may, uh, may not get these things started as we had hoped. Right. And, and I mean, and for the college experience, I mean, I just think about, and I, you know, obviously you're there for school, but you know, a lot of these kids are using that to obviously propel themselves into a professional sports arena and to have that year taken away from them. I mean, what the average NFL career is what three years they say or something. So now right. that the, the kids are already losing a year because of school football, maybe they don't get to the NFL this year. I mean, that's, that's going to mess up a lot of stuff. Yeah, it will. I mean, on the spring sports, the NCAA did fortunately grant another year. So they kind of waived that year. Eligibility oh, good. Wise. It'll be interesting to see if, if the football season is significantly disrupted and basketball, if they would do the same right. uh, for those. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And in here in Texas, you know, high school football is huge and mm -hmm. the high school workouts have started up again a, a week or so ago. And probably a third of the high schools have already had to shut down again because oh, of positive no. tests. Right. Not our high school, thankfully, but 
But then again, you know, what do you do for a high school that doesn't shut down and works out the whole time? And then those that have to doesn't seem really fair either. So it's, it's going to be a mess, I'm afraid. Yeah, absolutely. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, um, could talk sports all day, but yeah. <laughs> this is a, a really interesting topic that you bring to us today for our podcast. It's, it's kind of a psychology-based uh, discussion, but still you know, very, very relevant to business and leadership. Absolutely. So um, I think it's, it's, it's one that I'm excited to bring to our audience. And in my mind, you know, so much of being a good leader, uh, regardless of kind of what kind of leader you are, starts with self-awareness. And yep. this topic and this speaker seems to take that kind of to another level, it would seem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Licky Lavji is is the gentleman I, I, I did sit down and have the blind spot conversation with. Uh, Licky is the founder of the Dante Group, and he's also known as the blind spot navigator. So blind spots and being self-aware and, you know, really being able to have that that honest talk in the mirror, that's where you're that's where he sort of specializes in, um, you know, businesses and executives have recognized Licky for his ability to break through personal uh, and organizational barriers. So again, uh, Gary, to what you said, it's, it's, you know, really sit down, have that open, honest, vulnerable conversation, not only as a leader with your other fellow leaders, but also with, you know, obviously your employees and to get them all on board to really get them to buy into really the leadership and what you're, what you're selling and what you're really putting down uh, again, to really get everyone on that same page, driving toward that same goal. That's, that's essentially, you know, in, in a really small, you know, summation of what the, what the conversation's all about. It's really performance and perception and the ability to be vulnerable uh, and which would, which in, in essence from the podcast will, you know, make you a better leader. Right. Wow. Well, so important and timely uh, for all of us across, you know, many aspects of our lives right now to be able to look in the mirror and have honest conversations. So yeah, I think it's a great, a great topic. Uh, why don't you introduce, introduce us to Licky and get us rolling? Absolutely. Sounds good. Here is my conversation with the founder of the Dante group. He's also again, known as the blind spot navigator, Licky Lavji. Licky, thank you so much for joining us today on the BizTech podcast. I appreciate having you here. It is awesome. Uh, we've known each other for, you know, X amount of years now, so long. Um, it, it's glad to be, you know, working with you again in this capacity. So welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. It's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you a few years back and keeping a relationship going. So I love, yeah. I love it. So thanks a lot. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome. Pleasure to have you here. So let's, let's just jump right into it if you're, if you're good with that. Um, so tell us a little about yourself. I mean, obviously I know you, but uh, to our listeners, you know, tell us about yourself. How did you, you know, how did you become a coach? How did you become a speaker, a, a mentor, a visionary? I mean, I've known you from, you know, again, like 10 years ago in, with your matrix days, but yeah. uh, you know, how did you go from that to, to where you are today? What did that path look like? Well, you know, in my, in my world, I think everybody's always a coach. They're always learning and teaching. Sure. And I never realized when I even had my IT company, I was always going in and coaching people. I wasn't selling technology. I was going in and helping people with their sales teams. I was helping leaderships and recommending books and how to hold effective meetings. And technology right. was just, seemed to be just a side thing. So that's why we did really well. Right. Uh, but after I sold the IT company, it really hit me over a, a holiday, actually. I was sitting there one day and, and I'm kind of this is not what I want to be doing. I had no plans. Right. 
And I reached out to a mentor and he goes, you know, Licky, you're all about helping people. You need to be in front of people and helping. So why don't you get into some type of a consulting business? So I started mm-hmm. looking at that. Anyways, we went back and forth a few times. I ended up becoming a speaker and a coach for an incredible mentor of mine, Bob Berg, who has the book called The Goal-Givers. And I went down and and sat with him uh, to get trained. The the fun, the interesting part is I actually had a stutter for 35 years. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting. You you never noticed that before. I never, as long as I've known you. I had a bad stutter, um, but until after I went to see Bob, that's when my stutter went away. And I know every time I went into a meeting, even in my IT days, I'd have to really calm down before I go in. Because anytime I went into an uncomfortable situation, my stutter would act up. Interesting. So I was never the ideal salesperson, but I did really well. Because I had to build really long-lasting relationships. And those long-lasting relationships allowed me to be comfortable with people. So my stutter wasn't. So I was doing all these things just to get in front of people because of the stutter. But when I went to see Bob, we did one exercise and my stutter went away like this. Can I ask what the exercise was? (laughs) Well, um, honestly, it was learning to receive, learning to receive what was being said to me. Okay. You know, when I sat there hearing Bob and Kathy and the rest of the team acknowledge and appreciate me for who I am as a person, these are the people that have only known me for 24 hours. Mm. And they were just genuinely open and caring. I had to go back and figure out where my stutter started. The stutter started when I was 10 years old when I came into Canada. And a kid goes to me, go back to where you came from. Oh, jeez. Those words stuck with me for 35 years. Wow. I went away in a moment. And that's when I realized we all have these blind spots that are causing us not to perform the way we do. Gotcha. And I took that on as a initiative of myself to help organizations, help people find their blind spots, whatever it could be. It could be a, could be a summer issue, could be a limiting belief. It could be an emotional uh, uh, blind spot. It could be a functional blind spot. And I want to help them get out of that. So I started speaking on that topic over the last couple of years. I love that. And that's actually a perfect segue into what else I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, today, obviously, we're talking about blind spots here. But, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, explain to, to, to the audience, you know, what a blind spot is. And it seems that, and I don't want to make a generalization, but it seems that everyone would have at least a few blind spots uh, themselves. And, you know, how does that affect us? How do blind spots affect us? Well, you think about when you're driving, you're always checking for blind spots because you don't, you don't want to get hit. Sure. But when you're in life, we're not in the habit of checking our own blind spots. We just can't see them. The interesting part is others see them right away. And, you know, here's an example that I use. I had my inner circle. So I've got a group of four people that I really count on. And I go and talk to them. I say, hey, you know, I'm going to open this conversation by saying, whatever feedback you give me, I'm going to take it. And that was the first way of finding uh, your blind spot. So I said to them, how do I show up? What's my first, what's your first impression of me when I walk into a room? And they, they all kind of snickered and said, okay, are you ready for this? I go, yeah. They go, 
Well, you show up as a pompous blank when you walk into the room. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. And, I, and they go, well, hang on, hang on. You show up as pompous until you start speaking and because you're such a warm, gentle, caring guy. But when you walk in, you're all this dressed up guy and you don't smile and you check out the room. And in my world, I'm just walking in, trying to get comfortable. Yeah, you're taking it in. Yeah, but I, because I, I dress up well and I don't smile, it comes across as I'm pompous. pompous. Mm. So that was a huge blind spot for me. The moment I shifted from that, now, as a leader, you could ask that question, but will you do anything about it? I did. As soon as I got that answer, right. I walk into a room and I smile. Okay. Now people okay. come to me and talk to me as opposed to me having to go talk to them because I'm approachable. Right. Okay. And does, so does that relate back to what Bob, your mentor was saying to you about just receiving? So, I mean, for, I mean, would you have maybe been as receptive to that with that feedback if you hadn't gone to that session with Bob and Kathy or? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely wouldn't have because the, the fact that I have, I've always had a hard time receiving good. I have no problems giving compliments. I have no problems buying people. Sure. Stuff. But yeah. even if I got a gift, I would have a hard time accepting it. Yeah, I'm like so that. my biggest blind spot in my life has been the ability to receive the good because I didn't trust people. Okay. I didn't trust people because I didn't receive what they were saying to me. I just made my own perceptions of it. Okay, yeah. And the, I mean, those stories in your head, I mean, that, that it, it can get away from you, I guess, you know, and maybe it's not really reality, I guess. I don't well, know. Blind spots are, are, are really, well, it, it is a reality. It's, it's a perception that's caused you to create some way. Mm. It's, it's a perception in the, in the past. So, um, you know, I'm gonna jump up, up a bit here and talk a little bit about trust and vulnerability, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, when I had my IT company, I had a revolving door of employees. Okay. Meaning they would come in, last three months, six months, and they would leave. Last year they would leave. Right. Maybe two years they would leave. Customers stayed for a long time because I trusted them. Mm. I enjoyed the relationships. With my employees, I didn't trust them. Now, with my coach, we went, and back, we went back and realized where that trust issue came from. Okay. So the perception of trust is a childhood memory that causes you not to trust. Now, when you don't trust them, just imagine, as a business owner right now, do you trust your employees 100% and do they trust you? Right. If you don't trust them, you need to realize, do you have an issue with trust, period? And that's the blind spot you got to figure out. My, mine was, mine rooted back to when I was three years old. My dad passed away at three. My grandfather passed away at five. My best friend passed away at 16. My cousin passed away at 30. And literally, my thing was, the moment I got close to somebody, they're going to leave me. So why should I get close and trust somebody? That's, Wow. That's... But you have to do the work to find that, that out. Once I realize that, I trust it. Now, I overly trust sometimes now that I've been told. <laughs> I have to be a little careful on that too. So, right. But there's a fine balance in that. But once you realize what your blind spot is, then you can attack it. You can attach it. You can go back and really create the performance you want to create. Understood. Got it. Okay. So, so I love that you also brought up the, the, you know, business with this. So when it, when it comes to business and, you know, how can folks, regardless of what stage in their career they're in, how can, how can identifying blind spots in their businesses help them be successful? Uh, you know, how, how can, you know, how can this also maybe help them, you know, 
find happiness in their role or, or even re, like reframing that mindset and, and, you know, kind of changing that perception. How, how can blind spots, identifying their blind spots help them do that? You know, um, again, blind spots are not a, not easily found by yourself. They're found by others. Okay. So it's interesting when an organization has a cultural issue, the employees see the blind spots in the leadership and the leadership sees a blind spot in the employees. But what they don't do is they don't talk about it because okay. there's no trust there. Right. And they don't want to be open and vulnerable. And vulnerability is one of the biggest things you can do. Just open up so you can create that space of talking. Howard Schultz has this incredible saying. I was going to pull that up. He's got this incredible saying that says, oh, where did it go here? Ah, here we go. He goes, I think the currency of leadership is transparency. You've got to be truthful. I don't think you should be vulnerable every day, but there are moments where you've got to share and share your soul and conscience with the people and, and show them who you are and don't mm. be afraid of it. And that is Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, saying that. So you've got to show your vulnerability. Every time I talk to leaders about this and they go, are you saying I need to sh show my weakness? Mm. And I go, no, this is showing vulnerability. Showing yeah, very fun. different things. Yeah, weakness, yeah. vulnerability, very different. So, so once you show, sorry, once you show the vulnerability, you open up the space to speaking. You open up the space of building trust. And when you have trust, you can actually have those direct conversations and then you can start talking with the blind spots that are in the way. Right. Sure. I mean, and I'm just, you know, just thinking from an employee perspective, you know, maybe there's a bit of fear that happens with employees that are, you know, maybe don't want to be completely honest with leadership and fear that they're, they'll be well, maybe reprimanded or, you know, some face some blowback, I guess. Well, again, that's a, that's a perception, I think. <laughs> Absolutely there. You just busted me on a blind spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think that's a perception. I think a lot of people have that perception that leaderships don't want to know. Actually, the funny part is the work that I do with my, with my executives and my, my companies I work with, leaderships really want to know, but they just don't know how to ask. Right. And employees okay. are afraid to say it because they don't know how to talk about it. So I build this, this environment of building trust and vulnerability so they can really talk like friends and say, right. hey, dude, this is, you can't be talking to people like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you actually upset that person. We should do something about that. Yeah. And you should be able to just talk about that and have fun with it and just get on with life and get, get rid of those blind spots and then really build a, an organization that's full of love and care and empathy. And once you have that, your employees stay forever. Your customers are attracted to you because of that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. So I, again, perfect segue into, you know, once, once you and your executive teams have, you know, become self-aware, how, how do we, how do we get the team on board at that point? So, so leadership has had that sort of look in the mirror and have had other, you know, their, their colleagues identify some blind spots and they, and they receive them. How can we get the team on board? Well, you know, one of the things I've been doing over the last little while is we have this uh, blind spot ass assessment that we actually have created. There's a, there's a personal one, but there's also a team's one. So we, okay. it's, it's an anonymous assessment that goes out to the, the teams and the leadership, and they fill in these questions, things like, you know, are we standing up for who we are as a company? 
do we um, hold each other accountable? So they'll rank each other. They'll rank themselves and it's totally anonymous. And then what they do is they get that result and the leadership goes and says, we've heard what you've had to say. Thank you. And we acknowledge that there's a gap between what we thought was important and what you think is effective and what the reality is. Because we thought we were actually open to listening. But you're saying in this, uh, in, in this uh, assessment that you don't feel comfortable talking to us. So we hear that. And we want to work on opening that up. That's the first thing you can do is acknowledge vulnerability and appreciate them speaking up, even though it's in this assessment. The worst thing you can do is and say, okay, so I see you guys don't think that we're open to talking. Well, I think we're open to talking, don't you? <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, well, that just shut down the door and nobody's going to do any kind of vulnerability conversations there. Right, absolutely. And, and I'm assuming the answer is yes, but I mean, and this can really work with a team of, say, three or a team of 50. Uh, you know, a lot of our members are, are, you know, SMBs, so there may be only three, five, ten people part of the organization, and, and that really can work on any level? Well, um, usually a couple is two people, right? <laughs> So the answer is yes, it can yeah. work with two people. As long as it's two people, it'll, it'll work in looking at blind spots. So right. I, I, you know, I've done work with two people, five people, and I'm doing some work with 150 people right now. Wow. So wow. It, it ranges. And at the end of the day, it's about building that relationship so that you can actually have conversations about that blind spot. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, if you just think about your performance that's happening in the organization right now, just think about the performance. If you want that performance to go higher, if you want your employees to go higher, you need to change their perception. So here's a formula. Perception plus behavior equals performance. I'll say that again. Performance plus the behavior equals the performance. So if you're seeing somebody as a, at a low performance level right now, their perception is causing them to behave that way to not create that performance. Gotcha. So they've got some blind spots to work through. They've got some communication issues to work through. And working through that perception will change the behavior and you'll get some incredible performance. Great. So, okay, so, but you need to, I mean, for this to be really effective, you need to have, and you mentioned your inner circle of four people. Um, it, for example, if I just had, um, someone I didn't trust say, Hey, Adam, you know, when you, when you show up, this is the sort of the, the, you know, the, the perceived look. Um, I mean, now knowing this, I mean, I, I, I'd want to be open to the feedback, but I guess coming from more, uh, a trusted source, I, I probably be more receptive to that. I mean, for example, again, if someone who I just was a colleague and, you know, Hey, we're friendly enough, but we're not friends. And I mean, there's no real trust there. I mean, how does, how does someone go about just kind of receiving the feedback from a colleague that's like, Hey, you know what, man, I really just, you know, I noticed this, just wanted to let you know. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So every time I've done a keynote, um, I get messages right after and saying, you know, I, I built my inner circle and this is what happened. I'm going, you, sorry, you built your inner circle after my keynote. Okay. That's a problem. Number one. Your inner circle has to be people that you really trust and you really get to know them. Rule number one, do not make your partner part of that inner circle. Okay. Because your partner will call out all the BS in your life and you don't want that. 
Okay, that's a different conversation. <laughs> but the inner circle has to be people that you've worked with, that you know. And so people will say, well, I don't have that. Great, that's okay. You don't have to have that. Get a coach or a mentor. Mm. Okay. So after these conversations, people realize, or there were, the feedback I received, and I, again, I learned to receive, is that we need some kind of a tool. So my ways of finding blind spot are asking for feedback from people. Look at your own triggers that you have. What triggers you? What triggers you to be happy? What triggers you to be sad? Look at some of your patterns. You think about your patterns. When you're driving and somebody cuts you off, are you flipping the finger or are you empathetic? Think about what your emotion is at that point. Right. And if it's the, you know, getting upset and getting angry, are you always getting angry and short-sighted short on things? Okay, mm -hmm. that, there's a blind spot. There's a perception there that's causing you to be that. You know, people aren't just angry. There's a, there's a reason why they became angry. Right. You need to go back to that root to find out what that is. Right. So these are the th things that you can do self-aware. Self and then our assessment actually really helps, really pinpoint some of the key blind spots just to open up the conversation with people. My highly recommendation is get a coach or a mentor and yeah. build your inner circle over time. I am finding blind spots on a daily basis still. Still. Oh yeah, for sure. You never, I mean, hey, listen, when you're driving, are your blind spots gone after you check the first right. time? Right, yeah, fair, oh, good analogy. You always have blind spots yeah. in everything you do. And blind spots don't have to be necessarily bad. They're just your behaviors. It could be a good thing, but just you have to be aware and learn to receive them. Gotcha. Understood. And, and again, this is all ties into what we've been discussing today, which is, you know, these blind spots really can determine, maybe not determine, but it will really affect how someone, again, let's just take a, you know, Joe customer, SMB leader, you know, could really affect how they're managing their business and how they're, they're communicating with their team. So, yeah, you know, and uh, I've done a lot of work with uh, small IT companies and, what we really realize is that that communication isn't open. And listen, most IT owners were technicians themselves. Most of them were, and they built sure. themselves into a business. And it's incredible, it's going well. They've never been trained or shown how to run a proper business. Right. They're just doing it and they're doing incredible at it. But now it's a time to step back and say, how do I make this even better? Yes. What is in the way? And, you know, you can throw ConnectWise, you can throw Enable, you can throw, you know, whatever things you want to do at the business. But throwing tools at the business isn't only going to help. You have to understand what's not working. It's yeah. that communication that's not working. It's that buy-in. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of companies that have thrown in ConnectWise and it never worked. And I'm like, ConnectWise is probably one of the best tools out there. Why isn't it working? Well, nobody's putting time in. Okay, well, there's a perception of why they're not putting time in. Let's work on the reasons why you want to yeah. do this and what's in it for them. And these are the functional blind spots that leaders need to be aware of, why things aren't working. Changing perception equals behavior, which equals performance. It's a really simple, simple formula, but it seems to work in every aspect of a business and a relationship. I love that. I love that. So. I, I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of closing in on some time here, but I, but I wanted to ask you a few last questions. So can you, can you share us, can you share with us a blind spot that you had? And I know you've mentioned one right at the start of the conversation, you know, really dating back to childhood, but you know, you've mentioned recently too, just now that, um, you know, you're, you're still identifying blind spots. What one is, I mean, do you look back and say, how did I miss that? 
or is it just like, oh, no, okay, kind of makes sense. Uh, I mean, were there any big revelations? <laughs> you know, uh, for me, the trust one was the biggest one. Mm. Um, I've had relationships in the past. I've had employees that were incredible people, incredible people. But um, the lack of trust pushed them away. Gotcha. Um, I have a wonderful wife of 30 years. And the first five years, maybe even seven years, was a lot of lack of trust there on my, my, on my part. Mm. And that made it for a tough relationship for her. Sure. But she, see, she saw through that, and she saw that was just a blind spot of mine. But we, had, we didn't have the trust. We can talk about it. But now we can just talk about those kind of things. And she can call my BS out. And, I, and, I, and you know, my business card actually says BS Navigator. Yeah, I was going to say, I love that acronym, too. Sort of, it's, you know, blind spot. Yeah, it really is our own BS that's in our way. Um, right. But the trust part, you know, I go back. I, I know I shared my story about my dad. But there's another story that I'd love to share. Is Please. When, we were, when my daughter was three years old. So look at the ironic here. Irony here, where when I was three, my dad passed away. When my daughter was three, we went on a trip to Tofino, which is a beautiful seaside community in, B in BC. Yeah. And on the way there, we stopped off halfway at a city called Port Alberni at a subway. And we were some friends, and we were talking after lunch. And all of a sudden, I see this door open up, and I see my daughter bolt out of the subway into the parking lot to the car. And all I hear is a car coming and squeaking right in front of her. Oh and my it stops God. inches away. And I'm running out to go grab her at the same time. And I just hear the screech. The car stopped an inch away. Oh I picked goodness. her up. You never forget that, right? I mean, this is going to be in my life forever. And I'm going to envision that. But when I picked her up, I said some key words that changed and shaped our lives forever. I said, I'm never letting you go again. <laughs> And at three years, three years old, when I said that to her, I became this protective father of hers in everything I did. What came to her was, my dad doesn't trust me. Oh. Because remember, wherever she wanted to go, I was there watching over her. So when a daughter sees her dad watching over her, the first thing she feels is, I don't trust you. Mm. Interesting. So that shaped our relationship for 16 years until I realized this was going on. So for 16 years, my daughter had to go through, dad doesn't trust me. And wow. You know, we have some helicopter parenting going on. So sure. this is helicopter parenting on steroids. <laughs> I mean, but, I'm not laughing. No, hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's a serious matter, but it's also funny that I did that. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but it was the silliest words I said to myself. I'm never letting you go. And that was just to protect her. Yeah, that can turn into lack of trust. Wow. So now just sit back and think about what your and your the people listening right now are going through with trust. If there's a trust issue, we need to figure out what that is, because without solving that, nothing will open up. Trust is the opening keywords to having vulnerability conversations, having true basic conversations about what the problems are. And when you have proper conversations, you can hold people accountable. You get commitment and you get some incredible results. Back to, again, perception plus behavior equals performance, guys. I love it. I love it. Uh, Licky, uh, we're, we're almost at the you know, bottom of the hour here. Um, just a couple more questions. Uh, how can the people get in touch with you? This is phenomenal. Uh, let's, let's arm them with all the resources possible. How can they get in touch with you? Well, it's easy. Uh, success at 
LickyLabG.com. Okay. Look me up on LinkedIn, LickyLabG, L-I-K-K-Y-L-A-V-J-I. Look me up on LinkedIn. Um, hook me up. I'll definitely reach out to you. I love conversations. Um, if you're having any struggles on blind spots, if you think there's a functional blind spot, like here's actually here's a funny thing. You probably don't even know what a blind spot is. You don't even know you're having a blind spot. Let's just have a conversation. I'll I'll trigger some blind spots for you to have a look. <laughs> and if you're struggling with your relationships at work or even at home, I've done some personal coaching, but even if you're having some relationship issues at work with your employees or your customers, or your business just isn't functioning the way it needs to function, and right. you don't know what's happening, you've tried everything possible, this may be the last resort. We may be able to help you out with that. Love that. I love that. Um, and last question here, uh, tell the people what you got going on in your life. Do you have any upcoming speaking engagements? Man, you know, um, COVID uh, really put a damper on conferences. I was booked all year long at conferences. But now we're doing a lot of virtual conferences for organizations. Um, you know, I speak for corporations and we, we empower teams to work through that. Um, but for myself, I've got... <laughs> Uh, not one, not two, not three, but I've got four books on the go right now. So wow. I'm looking out for new releases of books from us in the next uh, few weeks. Wow. That uh, should be out in, in a few weeks. Um, so again, if you get me on LinkedIn, we'll send you a pre-copy of it on, on a PDF. Fantastic. That's, yeah, so I've got some books happening. Uh, we've just launched our assessments. And I think you took the assessment. Yeah, the I did take assessment. the assessment. Yes, sure did. And it's funny, everybody I've talked, talked to spoken with they're like okay i get it i, I see my blind spots and yeah. we highlight some key blind spots just off of the assessment so if you want access to the blind spot reach out to me i'll give it to you for free phenomenal wow licky always a pleasure speaking with you i appreciate your time today thank you thank you for sitting in on the on the podcast and uh, having a chat with me it's my pleasure, Adam, and I appreciate our friendship and, our, and the relationship we've built over the years. Thank you. As do I. Thank you again. Thanks, Licky. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.